says they help to make sure that we, we, we know what time it is. Amen? Amen. Uh, this was, uh, today was uh, uh, Jess's uh, first time doing, hosting a service, emceeing by herself. She did a great job and I want to thank her for that. Um, I want to uh, mention, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we held an encounter here at the church. We'd been talking about this for a little while, but that happened a couple of weeks ago. You know, we had about 40 people who attended on Friday night and Saturday morning as we just gathered together to worship the Lord, to hear some teaching, and then to spend time lingering in God's presence, to encounter Him in a way that would bring greater freedom and greater victory to our lives. You know that God wants you and I, he wants us to live our lives in freedom. Right. You with me? Yeah. Right, he doesn't, you know, life can throw a lot our way and it can throw a lot on our backs and God doesn't want you and I to be living our lives carrying the heavy baggage of sinful habits or the hurts and the disappointments of the past, but he wants you and I to live in freedom and in victory. That's his will for us. And so it was wonderful to spend a Friday night and a Saturday morning with about 40 people encountering God so that we could grow in that very thing. Amen. We'll be looking at as we plan our calendar for the next year, uh, kind of when we can, you know, maybe make available one or two more of those types of weekends. And so we hope that uh, when you see those, that you will come and join us uh, for those times. I want to thank uh, Jeff Lance uh, for uh, preaching last weekend. He shared a great word with us, challenging us to fan into flame our inner fire for God's purpose. And uh, I thought it was a great message and really grateful for him. Amen. <clears throat> Taking the time to prepare and to uh, share his heart uh, for our church. And I want to continue, really want to piggyback off of uh, what Jeff shared with us last weekend and uh, reminding us, right, that uh, we all have a purpose, that God wants us to find his purpose and he wants us to flourish in it. Right. Amen. God doesn't want any one of us to be in our lives just kind of aimlessly wandering without any sense of meaning or with any sense of purpose. Do you know that that is true for you as individuals? It's also true for us as a church community. Right. And so today, what I want to share with you is some thoughts on this topic that our purpose needs a people. That our purpose needs a people. Do you know that we were created to be connected into community? Right. Yes. At the very beginning of the scriptures we see God making this declaration it is not good for people to be alone right we were created to be in relationship we were created to be in community now we live in a day and age where kind of two things happen but one is you know we were told that the digital age and the internet was going to make us all so much more connected. <laughs> and yet what's really interesting is that we are lonelier than we have ever been. That's not because relationships that happen in the digital space can't be real. I think that they can. But it is because 
whatever relationships happen in the digital space can never replace the value of in real life relationships. We love it when people join us online and we're grateful for those of you that might be watching with us right now. We love that we can stream a service or we can post a message on YouTube because it may benefit people who for varying reasons can't be here today. Or maybe someone who's wanting to check out our service and learn a little bit about what is this city church about. But understand that the church is designed to be an embodied community. And that being with one another, being engaged in that community can never, it can't be replaced by being at home and watching on our devices or our television or however else we may engage. We were created to be connected into community. Community is the place where we both discover our God-given purpose and where we are equipped and empowered to step into it. It happens in community. So what I want you to see today, if you get anything, this is our big thought for today. And that is that God brought you here because you need this community. And this community needs you. If City Church is your home church, if you're like, I think this is my spiritual family, spiritually speaking, this is where I belong, then understand that God brought you here. Not Google. Right, I speak to, we're grateful for anyone when you find our church through Google. Like, that's amazing. But understand, Google ultimately didn't bring you here. If you feel like this is my church, the scripture tells us that God is the one that brought you here. And so if God brought you here, it's because you need this community, but also it's because this community needs you. So we're going to read a number of uh, verses from a passage in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to skip over a handful of them just for the sake of time, but we're going to read the bulk of this chapter together. And so I'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 7. Paul, right in the Corinthians, says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone... It is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Skipping down to 12 verse 11, Paul writes, All of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Continuing on, Paul writes, Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many parts. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? 
And if the whole body were an ear, where, um, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, um, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Continuing in verse 24, Paul says, but God has put the body together. But God has put the body together. Down in verse 27, Paul writes, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Amen? So let me share with you a couple of thoughts from this passage of scripture. The first is simply this, you have a gift. You have a gift. Paul says, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Not to some. Not to a chosen few. Not to someone else, but maybe not me. But to each and every one, there is a manifestation or an expression of the Spirit that is given to you as a gift. So do not believe a lie that would suggest to you that somehow you are missing some sort of gift. I'm not gifted. I'm not talented. I don't have anything to offer. I don't know where that voice comes from. Maybe it comes from somebody else. Maybe it comes from within you. Or maybe it comes from the devil. But it does not come from God. Because you have a gift. Listen to Psalms 139 verses 13 to 16. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All of the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Listen, you were perfectly crafted by God's own desire and design. Listen to God's words to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 verse 5. God says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now listen, that's God's word to Jeremiah. God's word to you or I might not be, I have appointed you to a, as a prophet to the nations. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But here's what we can take from this. Before you were born, before God formed you, he knew you. And he had a plan and a purpose for you. And you have been crafted for that very plan, for that very purpose. You have a gift. Secondly, I want you to see that your gift is a tool to serve with. That your gift 
is a tool to serve with. In the passage we read, Paul says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Or to say it another way, that it is given to benefit others. Not just ourselves, right? Um, my, my daughter Isabella, she is, from the time she was a kid, we could see this gifting in her, that she was, she loves art, she's an artistic person with a flair, and so she loves dance, she loves music, she loves artistic expression, and so that was just from the very moment, you know, from the smallest time, we could see that that was very obvious with her. She gets it from me and my dance moves. I won't give any demonstrations right now. No, she gets, gets that from her mother. But uh, she had that from a very young age. And so along with that comes, you know, often people who have that flair and that love for artistic expression, they, there's something in them that loves the idea of, like, performance, right? And I think, like, that's amazing. That's something that God puts in a person and when she was just a little kid one of the ways that it would express itself is you know she'd get this moment where she wanted to dance she wanted to sing she wanted to do something and she'd say look at me look at me and she'd like you know be crying out right like what are you doing paying attention to something else you should be paying attention to me because what I'm doing right now is pretty amazing <laughs> right and so she said, look at me, look at me. And so my wife and I, we used to, uh, you know, take such joy in it. But then we used to also comment. We would say, you know, it's interesting that some of us, as we get older, never grow out of that. And we, you know, continue to live with what we would call, uh, it was look at me syndrome. Right? It was like we just live for the performance, which again, actually isn't bad. But the point is this, is that a part of growing is coming to the place where I recognize that the gifting that God has deposited in me is not just for my own benefit, but that it serves others and that it is for the benefit of other people, that it is God has placed a call upon my life. He has placed a call upon our church that we would be a blessing wherever we are. And so the gift that he has given you is so that you may be a blessing. And so if your gifting causes you to love performance, I'm not saying shy away from that. In fact, step into it. Lean into it is because that is one of the ways in which God makes you to be a blessing. But the immaturity that can cause us to feel like our gifting and our talents are just for us. It's for my benefit. It's so that I can increase my platform or my paycheck. Then we miss out on God's purpose for the gifting that he has placed within you. And so you have a gift and your gift is a tool to serve with. The other thing I want you to see here from this passage is that God brought you here. That God brought you here. Paul writes in our passage that we read, but God has put the body together. God has put the body together. Jesus, speaking in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, says, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will build my church. Not the pastor. Not the elders. Not the, 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 like the team that does the promotion and puts us on Google or on social media or whatever it is. No, Jesus is building his church. 
And so again, if you feel like City Church is your spiritual family, that's because God brought you here. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, Peter writes, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So listen, God brought you here because you need this community and because this community needs you. Not only did God bring you here, but you fit here. You fit here. Paul writes in the passage we read, in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, then where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Back to the, 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 the scripture that we just read from 1 Peter, we are referred to, people are referred to as living stones. I want you to see this. That in the spiritual house that God is building, we are compared to these living stones, which is not to be confused with uniform bricks that are all identical and impossible to tell apart. Right, you get the local brick company to drop a pallet of bricks in the parking lot and you go around and you take a look at them and you say, what's the difference brick to brick? And we would be unable to really tell the difference. They're all exactly the same size. They're all exactly the same color. They're all exactly the same shape. And all you got to do is look around here in this room and say, well, that's not how we are. Right? No, because we are living stones which means God is taking you and I, these pieces, uniquely made, uniquely designed, specifically gifted, and he's forming here a house for his glory and for his purposes. And there's a place where you fit that nobody else does. And so imagine that if you are building a wall and you're using stones that are all vary in size and in shape and in color and all the things, as you build the wall, imagine that there are, ends up being some holes in this wall. And there's a hole over here and there's a hole over here and there's another one up, up here and there's another one down here. And you know what those holes do is those holes ultimately, if there's too many of them, it weakens the overall strength of the wall. But why is there a hole there? Well, because you can't just take any stone and put it there. It needs this stone. And so Jesus is building his church. God is creating this spiritual house and he's using living stones. And as he builds the walls of it, there are some holes in the wall. Well, why is there a hole in the wall? Because God's waiting for you to come and allow him to set you in the place where you fit perfectly within what he is building and within what he is doing. Nobody else brings to this church what you do. Nobody. Now listen, somebody else might be able to 
do something, right? Like we're not all, not every talent is unique, right? Other people can preach. Jeff did a just as good a job last last weekend, right? So Jeff can preach. There's other people here that can that, that could do that. Other people can administrate. Other people can help in kids' church or whatever. It's not to say that others can't do, but it's saying that we are more than that. And that what you bring to our church, nobody else can bring. It also tells us that our church is strengthened when you find the place where you fit. Our church is stronger when you allow the Lord to set you into the place where you fit. The church is both strengthened and beautified as God sets his living stones into their place. Finally, I want you to see that you are needed here. That you are needed here. Paul writes in the passage that the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And that the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And so this mindset that views some people as more important than others is not a kingdom mindset. Right? Every one of us is needed. Every one of us plays a vital role in what God is wanting to do in and through City Church. Right? Every one of us. And so you are needed here. Don't believe the lie that says that you are not. Don't believe it. No, no. You are needed here. God calls us to be faithful to who God has called us to be and to be faithful to what God has called us to do, right? That's the thing that one day when we all stand before God, that we're going to give an account for, have we been faithful to be who God has called us to be and to do the thing that God has called us to do? It's not going to be about how your assignment compares to somebody else's assignment, you know, there's this, uh, there's this great uh, scripture towards the end of the Gospel of John uh, after Jesus has restored Peter from his mistake, right? So Peter has denied Jesus uh, three times. And so there's this thing that's got to be resolved and this uh, restoring that needs to take place. And it really is great news because it's a reminder to us that our own failures and our own mistakes, that they don't nullify God's plan and his purpose for our lives. That's really good news, right? Because I don't know about you, but I can tell you that I've made a couple mistakes. My wife will tell you that I've made more than a couple mistakes. Right? Am I the only one or has anybody else ever done, you know, no regrets, right? Right? We all want to get that as a tattoo, right? No regrets, right? I know I've, I've heard people talk about before, right, this idea that, um, you know, how good it is, like, we should live our lives with no regrets. And I'm like, I'm not sure what life you're living. <laughs> I, got, I have all kinds of things where I wish I could turn back time and perhaps make a different decision. And yet, 
The story of Peter is one where God restores. And that when he restores, he doesn't just restore us into our relationship with him. He does, which is so important. But he restores calling. He restores purpose. He doesn't take back his gift. You know, the scripture tells us that when, what God gives, he doesn't take it back. He doesn't ask for a return. And so he gives gifts and he deposits purpose within us. And even though we may fail him, he, his desire is that he would restore us. And so God, or Jesus restores Peter. And as they're walking along and they're having this conversation, uh, the, the John who wrote the gospel is nearby. And um, Jesus says to Peter, says something to him about um, the way that ultimately his life would end. And he says, you know, one day somebody is going to lead you in a place where you don't want to go. And, um, and so he's speaking to him about, about his death. But then Peter says to him, he says, well, what about him? What about him? And Jesus' response to him was, um, what, basically Jesus' response was this, what's it to you if I want him to live until all things are finished and all things are completed? What's it to you? Right? What's the point? You? Like, don't, don't worry about other people. You just be faithful to be who God has called you to be and to do the thing that God has called you to do. I remember when I was... Um, when I was younger and had uh, come back from, uh, I'd come back from Bible college at, at our previous church, and um, I was, uh, I was, I got a job at a bank. I was working at a bank, and I was volunteering about, it was like 15 hours a week, just kind of doing stuff at the church, helping with youth, helping with some other things. What was in my heart? What was in my desire? Was I felt both gifted and called to be in vocational ministry, to be in full-time ministry. So that was the thing that was in my heart. But I was going, our church uh, was, was a, a, a smaller church. Um, at the time would have been just probably a, maybe a little bit bigger than our church here, but not much. And, and, and so as a result, I struggled sometimes with a scarcity mindset, meaning, well, how many opportunities are there going to be? And then a, uh, a, a, um, uh, a girl in our, a guy that I had gone to college with, that I had been friends with, had gone to college with, and uh, he was a couple years ahead of me, had graduated ahead of me, and uh, he, um, he started dating a girl who was in our church. And I remember I used to think to myself, like it would cause such fear and insecurity within my own heart. Because I would look at him and I would be like, man, He's just, he's such a good guy. He knows the scriptures so well. He, he, he's good at, you know, he's a good preacher. He's funny. He's friendly. Like everybody likes this guy. Everybody wants to be around him. And all of that was to serve to make me feel smaller and smaller and smaller. The point being is that it would cause me to think probably there's, you know, there's, not gonna, there's probably not going to be very many chances around here. And I'm not sure if I'm in the lead. I'm not sure if I'm at the top of mind here. I remember one day I was praying, just spending time with God, and I don't know about you, but I find often that I'm spending, when I spend time with God, God has a way of some, um, do you ever experience like you go to pray and you have an agenda, right? Here's my list of things I want to pray with, and God actually wants to talk about other stuff? 
I find that with some degree of regularity. I'm like, God, I want to talk about this. And God's like, yeah, I'd rather actually talk about this right? And so I was just having my time with God. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but all of a sudden this insecurity that was in my heart, within my mind towards this other guy came to my, came to my mind. One, and anyways, and this is what I felt God say, what's it to you? I was like, what do you mean, right? (laughs) What do you mean what's it to me? This is my life. This is my gift. This is my call. This is my purpose. And I felt God saying, what's it to you? Meaning, listen, I'm not limited by all the things that you think you're limited by or that you might think your church is limited by or whatever limitations you may feel form a ceiling on your life, on your calling, on your purpose, on your gifting. I'm not limited by anything, which means you don't need to worry about what may or may not happen with somebody else because guess what? You might think there's limited opportunities, but God is an unlimited God. So the Lord's encouragement was to say, hey, don't worry about others. Don't compare yourself to other people. The point that I would have you to see today is simply this. You are needed here. You are needed here. So, you have a gift. Your gift is a tool to serve with. God has brought you here and you fit here in what God is building and in what God is doing. And you are needed here. So a couple of final thoughts on connecting your purpose to your people. Connecting your purpose to your people. You see two QR codes on the screen behind me. If these are relevant for you, then I would encourage you to scan them with your phone. Or if you're the kind of person that does the iPad thing, you could do that too. But uh, to scan those QR codes, uh, you could also access this information, I think, through our website. But if you are... um if you are new to City Church or you've never attended our Connect class, then this is how you can learn more about City Church and what it means to be a part of our community. Our next one is on November the 19th after the service in the Commons area. And so you could scan the QR code on the screen behind me so that you can register for that. Uh, and so that would be a next step if you are very new to our church in terms of how you can connect into our community here and begin to find your place as to where you fit as a part of what God is doing here. Um, Secondly, if you consider uh, City Church to be your home church and you are not serving on a team, we need you. There are lots of serving teams where you can get involved and where you can begin to use your gifts to contribute to the health and the mission of our church. And you can scan the other QR code that's on the screen there and you can tell us where you are interested in serving and we'll get in touch with you and engage in a conversation with you and help you to find a place where you can begin to fit and begin to serve and begin to contribute. How's that sound? Listen. The church is not, we live in a a very consumeristic culture. That's probably not news to anybody, right? But that's not supposed to be the way that it is in the church. You with me? Have you ever heard the phrase, 
before the saying. This comes up a lot in like social media stuff or things, services that you will, that you and I are offered for free. And so there's a saying that will say that if the product or the service is free, you are the product. You ever heard that? Right? So this happens in social media. I get to use this social media site for free. Well, what does that mean? I am the product. It means that they're taking all of your personal information and they're selling it to somebody else. You literally are the product. And that's why your phone and your email is bombarded with spam. Right? But we buy into that stuff. We will still sign up for it. We will still do it because we're a very consumeristically minded culture. And we love to just be the recipient of the goods and the services. And when they're free, it's the very best. Here's my challenging word for today. The church is not, the church is neither a place for consumerism nor is it a place that is free. But it is a place where we get to spend ourselves to invest our time, our treasure, and our talents into eternal things that are of eternal value. And that just as Jess read at the offering today will not pass away. And it is a privilege and it is an honor to be a part of a church community, of a spiritual family where God is present and where he is at work in order to build something that honors him, that glorifies him, that worships him and is a blessing to the community that is outside these walls. And if we're to be that kind of church, we need you. We need all of us. Every one of us need to find our place. We cannot be the kind of church that has the attitude of, well, the pastor will do it. Because so much of our mission and our vision actually isn't just what happens here. It's also what happens when we're at home in our neighborhoods. It's what happens when we're at work on Monday through Friday or whenever it is that we're at work. We're in our, you got a little corner of your own world that is your mission field. You've heard me say this before, that this is how we know that God loves your community is you're there. And so God's assignment for you in your neighborhood or God's assignment for you in your family or God's assignment for you where you work, that's your assignment, it's not mine. I can't do the thing that God has created you for, gifted you for, called you to, you know, to do. And so in that respect, the church is not to be a place of consumerism. And we don't treat it like it's just free. I just come and I enjoy the product or the service of spiritual care and teaching. No, no. It is a community that God is building. And if you're not fit into the wall, then we're, we are weaker for it. And you are weaker for it because you're disconnected. I saw this picture. I was going to include it in, in the message today, but 
just didn't kind of fit in. But somebody a number of years ago did this like art installation at like a park that was just random body parts all just kind of placed over. So it was just a foot. There it is. Giant one. Be like, like this high, right? But a giant foot or a giant ear or a giant set of lips or whatever. And it was just a great visual of this idea that these things don't actually mean very much when they're not connected, right? What is the point? The point is simply this. Your purpose needs a people. Your purpose needs a people. And if City Church is your people, then we need you and you need us. And so I encourage you today to understand that God has created you, fashioned you, shaped you, formed you to be exactly who you are so that you can fit within a people and where your gifts, your talents, your abilities, all that you are serves not just the common good of this community, but it also serves to be a blessing to the world that we are called to, where we are called to show and to share the good news of Jesus. Amen? So if that applies to you, if you're here, you're a part of our church, you're giving in all the different ways, then uh, we are thankful for you. And we know that our church is full of people who are lead generous lives towards the Lord, towards others. But if you're here and you've not taken that next step of attending a Connect class in order to get a little bit more connected, or if you've not taken the step to connect with one of our volunteer teams or our serving teams, then I would ask you to scan the QR code, send us an email, talk to one of us, visit our website. Like there's lots of different ways in which you could let us know that you would like to find a place where you can fit and where you can begin to contribute to the overall health and mission of our church. And we will help you to find that very thing. You know, there's things like Kids Church, which is happening right now, right? Where uh, one of the things I so love about all of the people who are serving in Kids Church is that, listen, Kids Church is not like babysitting for church. I heard somebody say this week, I can't remember who it was, that made a comment to me. They quoted somebody else who said, like, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Right? And so what I love is that our people who are serving a kids' church, they love our children. And they love our families. And, you know, they are doing things in kids' church that are helping our children to know about Jesus and to encounter him and to fall in love with him. And, you know, they're sending them home with different things that are helping them to engage, so that are helping to create space for spiritual conversations to happen in homes. Like, that's amazing. And so kids' church isn't just about, well, they need babysitters for church. No, it's to say we love families and we love kids. And so we want to create a space where we can minister to our children and can help introduce them to Jesus and help them to see in their own way how they can love him and how they can follow him. We have guest services here at the church where there are men and women who are out in the foyer or they're outside or they're helping with security, but where they are creating a space here that is welcoming, that is comfortable, where when people come in, they are greeted by a friendly face. How many of you have experienced that when you first came to City Church, it was like, oh man, one of the things I fell in love with was this church is just so welcoming, so friendly. They invited me in, right? Well, that's what our men and women, young and old, that are serving at guest services, that's what they do is they're creating a place where, we, where people feel like, I'm welcome here. I'm, I, I, I'm welcome with a warm and friendly smile. Shake a hand. 
right? And so it's, it's so, such an important ministry that happens in our church. You know, we have a prayer ministry in our church, a team of people that gather throughout the week, that gather on Sunday morning, and they're praying for you. They're praying for our church. They're praying for me every Sunday. One of my, I so value every Sunday morning at 9.20 a.m. I walk into the prayer room and there's a team of people that are praying. And then they take a minute, we chat for a minute, and then they gather around me and they lay their hands on me and they pray for me. And as they're doing that, they're also praying for all of us that today would be a day of encountering God's presence through our time of worship, through the preaching of the word, that we are here because we want God. And so our, our, prayer t- our, our prayer team that often is not seen, but man, they're ministering to you. They're ministering to me. They're moving the heavens because what we are engaged in here is a spiritual thing. We have a team of people that helps with all the tech stuff, which is why you can hear me. It's why you can hear Daniel. It's why he's not as loud as I am right now. Because somebody is on top of all of that. Now listen, our building is a fairly simple building and it's not like the old school Catholic churches and cathedrals and all of that kind of stuff. But oftentimes, some of the technical elements that we bring into church add bits and pieces to our service that are visual and that are um, audible and that they help to draw us into the story of God into what he is doing and so we have people that serve in uh, whether it's on instruments or it's on sound or it's on visual and the projecting or whether they're uploading videos to youtube or whatever it is and what they are doing is they're helping to create the environment that we come into where we encounter god's presence where we encounter one another where we hear the word of god and where we engage in heartfelt worship to exalt our lord and savior jesus How can we come in like this? Well, it's because there's a person on the sound team. It's because there's someone who's serving in our our, our visual area and those things. We have people that help with maintaining our property inside and outside. A couple months ago, we had a huge group of people came and they helped to help to beautify our area. And it's not, you know, and and so it's, it helps to just take care uh, and steward well what God has given us and again it's about creating a space within our neighborhood within our community where people can come where they can encounter one another where they can encounter God why do I say all of this because whether you think you're the thumb or the foot or the eye or the ear we need you this body is not the same without you if you're not finding your place where you fit then you're missing out and so are we so I pray that God raises up a church full of people men and women young and old who sense that God has brought me here I have a gift I have a purpose and I want to find my place where God would fit me in so that I can find my place of using my gift for the common good to benefit this church, to benefit our community, and to worship God through the faithful exercise of what he has given to me. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?
Would you close your eyes, maybe lift your hands to the Lord, and let's pray today. Father, I just thank you for this day, for this time in your presence. I thank you for your faithfulness that when we gather, that you are always so faithful to come and to show up. We so love the things that you are doing in our lives, in our church, um, in, uh, in our community, Father. We thank you that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are sovereign above all. We worship you today. We honor you today. I thank you, Lord, that you are building your church here at City Church. A church in Albuquerque that will glorify you, that will honor you, that will be a blessing within our community. Thank you that you are fitting into this spiritual building, living stones. Thank you that each and every one of us here, that we are gifted, that we fit here. I pray that you would raise up right here a church full of people who are committed to finding their place where they fit within this spiritual building where they can use their gifts as an expression of worship to honor you and also where they can use their gift to benefit others as you have called us, to benefit our church family as we grow towards being the people you're calling us to be, but also to benefit our community as we seek to be a church that is not just about what happens here, but is about what's happening everywhere that we will go this week. I pray that you would lead us by your spirit that you would speak to our hearts and our minds even right now as to where it is that you would like us to find our place where we fit. And I pray your blessing and your provision over every person and over every family, over our church, Lord. Would you do in us and through us what only you can do for your glory, for your honor, and that we may be a blessing where you have called us to be. And we thank you for it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Church, I want to encourage you. Um, we have a prayer team that will be up here and they'll be available to you. So if you um, have anything that's on your heart, on your mind, that we can pray for you in, about, we would love to do that. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life to be your Lord and your Savior. They would love to be able to pray with you to that end. And uh, church, we love you. God bless you. Uh, we pray you have just a, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great week. And we'll see you next weekend for Setting In Weekend, which is going to be amazing. God bless you today.